Escaping Denver, Batch 3, The Lost Noah Tapes. Welcome to a very special episode of Escaping Denver. Let me backtrack a bit. You might have heard, but back in episode 305, I received a knock at the door just as I was finishing recording. You know what? I'm actually going to backtrack even further. I read the emails. I scour the Reddit threads. I'm listening. This audience continues to surprise me with their outside-the-box thinking that has led us to a heap of answers and a ton of new insight. I preface with that only to let you know that I'm aware of you searching for the lost Noah blogs online. I'm searching too. The search, along with some help from your end, has put me into contact with a very interesting individual. A hoarder and scholar of the conspiracy realm. I only had the one singular cryptic phone call with them, but for a price, she agreed to help with the search. Fast forward now to episode 305, and the knock at the door is this private courier, one overly duct tape box, and this overwhelming feeling that I've just done something illegal. Right. So I crack open the box, and inside are four cassette tapes, each with a handwritten label. How and why someone would have tapes of an internet audio show is beyond me, unless these are somehow the originals, in which case I'd say, Noah, your penmanship could use some work. I can barely read some of these titles. But this first one stood out to me with a single word. Denver. It's nice to hear a free Noah, even if it is a bit foreboding considering where he ends up. So with this, the first of the lost Noah tapes, we dive into the Denver International Airport. Hi. Hello. I'm never good at starting these. I always hope I don't sound weird. All right, for obvious reasons, I still cannot tell you my name, but you know me. I'm the guy trying to solve the world's greatest unsolved mysteries. The guy who isn't afraid to dive headfirst into the weird and unusual, where myth meets lore meets conspiracies. Welcome to my show, The Ark. This is your one-stop shop internet radio show covering all things conspiracy and mystery and out of this world. I've always been fascinated by this stuff, but I'm not here to sell you on passion. I've done the work. I've watched just about every documentary on Fox about aliens or Bigfoot. Remember when Fox was just cops and alien documentaries? That was easily four hours of homework a night. I've obsessed about the Loch Ness Monster and JFK and the identity of D.B. Cooper. I'd listen to Art Bell every night before bed and binged every season of The X-Files even after season seven. Am I out there seeing all of this with my own eyes? Well, no, but neither are you. Instead, you've come to the next best thing, the Ark. A collection of the purposely forgotten and actively hidden. Somewhere I, no, we, can discuss everything I've learned over the years. As promised, I'll attempt to cover a different topic in each episode, and I hope you learn something too. I stumbled across a really interesting one. The Denver International Airport. DIA. I've never actually been there, but 
Maybe I'll stop by one day on the way to see my sister because this Mama Jama became a hub. But more on that later. I'll start by saying this. The Denver airport is weird. Really, really weird. Like, if there was one thing weird about it, I'd say, hey, that's one weird thing. But there's like 20 weird things about this place and I can't stop thinking about it. I keep thinking this is the real Area 51 and the actual Area 51 is just a decoy. Or it's the new Area 51. Area 52. The airport itself even plays into the conspiracy theories, which either means it's all one big joke or they are hiding in plain sight. Where do I start? Okay. Denver had a perfectly fine airport already. It was called Stapleton International Airport, built in 1920. Solid, completely functional airport, and it was actually closer to downtown Denver than DIA. In 1988, residents voted to annex the area and build a new airport. Why? Not sure. Seems the one they had was working just fine. People were even skeptical at the time. I mean, it's, it's 24 miles from downtown. But the government approved it, and ground was broken in 1989. So construction's moving along, and the airport's set to open in October 1993. But it didn't open until February 1995. And it was $2 billion over budget. How do you go $2 billion over budget? And they spent that on an airport in Colorado. They could have bought the whole state with that. You know what? Here's what you could buy in 1995 with $2 billion. You could buy 15 NBA teams or 16 brand new Boeing 777s or 113,000 Ford Mustangs. It's, it's a ludicrous amount of money. They say it had to do with an elaborate baggage system that never actually worked, but I don't know. It all seems fishy to me. Perfect spot to dump a bunch of secret government funding. Hide the building of a covert facility by pretending it's just an expensive, state-of-the-art airport. And can we talk about the murals? And the gargoyles? And the giant blue horse with red burning eyes outside? (sighs) Slow down. One thing at a time. I'm, I'm rushing. Sorry. The airport is filled with suspect or questionable art and stone markers. One of the markers has symbols associated with the Freemasons who, as you know, have a stack of conspiracy theories of their own. Another mentions the New World Airport Commission, but no one knows what that organization is. I certainly can't find anything on it. The choice of New World in the commission's name is enough to question it without the fact that it seems untraceable. And who builds a commission to oversee a massive project like this and then just disappears? Why didn't anyone question it at the time? There was plenty to question and seemingly nobody spoke up. DIA sits on 54 square miles of land. Seems like an awful lot of space for an airport, right? It's two times the size of the next biggest airport in the U.S. Sounds more like the size of a city to me. They dug up 110 million cubic yards of earth underneath the airport. Construction whistleblowers have come forward and stated that there are five multi-story buildings underneath. There's also word that construction crews were brought in and out in specific shifts so that no one could see too much. Obvious question here. Why would an airport 
need five multi-story, sorry, at least five multi-story buildings beneath it. Also, this is Denver. It was like the 25th busiest airport in the U.S. before the new one was built and bumped them up to like sixth. Sounds to me like someone needed a busier airport to hide the import and export of God knows what from a certain secret facility. It's not just the construction and size that put the DIA on our radar. They have some weird iconography too. Take that big blue horse sculpture they just installed. It's named Lucifer and it's massive. If you don't know what, let me explain how he looks. He's a 30-something foot blue horse with glowing red eyes standing up on his hind legs. The kind of terrifying statue you want to use to welcome people to your airport. And you won't believe this. It killed the artist. Artist Luis Jimenez died in 2006 when a piece of the Blucifer sculpture's head broke off and severed an artery in his leg. His kids later finished the piece. Why is it so scary? Some believe Blucifer represents the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Some say both the blue and the red eyes have a different meaning to the artist, but either way, it sounds cursed to me. And Blucifer is just on your way in. When you enter Denver International Airport, there's all sorts of apocalyptic artwork, like gargoyles and paintings depicting bio-warfare and a one-world government. There's even a sculpture of a devil popping out of a suitcase. I don't see how these symbols are connected to each other, but it doesn't take a Dan Brown to see that there's something to solve there. Some puzzle. As for the failed baggage system, wouldn't that be the perfect cover for a whole whack of tunnels? What do you think? What's really going on at the Denver airport? Are there lizard people under there or what? What's with the gargoyles? They say they're there to protect the luggage, but it seems ominous at best to me. Also a Pretty flimsy excuse. All right. I pulled some questions from the message board. I thought I'd answer one on the show. This is from Zach March 82 They ask, which of the secret societies are responsible for building the airport? Good question, but tough to answer. Like I said earlier, the Freemasons and the New World Order seem to have fingerprints on it. And of course, the government in a big way. I guess that's always the case, or usually the case that the secret groups enact their plots through the use of the government. But this one might just be entirely the government. Area 52 stuff. Seems too big for some secret, nefarious group to be able to control. Even with the government, I'm shocked that there aren't more whistleblowers about what goes on down there. I'll keep hunting a definitive answer to that question, though. It's hard to keep a secret. And that's why we share them here on The Ark. As always, keep both your mind and eyes open. Good night. I really hope Noah gets out. I hope he gets out and gets to follow up on this with his first-hand accounts. I hope he gets to be the whistleblower he dreams of. I have four tapes and about 16 of these ARC episodes, so I'll get digitizing them when I have the time. Currently, my hands are pretty full untangling this next batch of messages. Thank you to you, our audience. If you haven't yet, please join the conversation on Reddit at r escaping Denver. And I'll be back next week with another episode of Escaping Denver.
For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.